Before I begin, I wanted to thank everyone who responded to my Instagram story about this series. Uh, your responses were amazing. I've gotten many, and this series wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you very much. A good evening to all of my wonderful listeners, and welcome to episode 5 of the Historian Weekly Podcast, the forum where we come and discuss the history behind current events and look at them through a modern magnifying glass. This week is the start of a new series called Women of the World. For the next five weeks, we will explore five women who have truly made a huge impact on society, changing the fate of their communities, countries, or even the entire world. To begin, this week's episode will be about Rosa Parks, the humble seamstress whose small actions inspired a revolution in the United States. Who was she, and how did she do it? Let's find out. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's make some history. To those of you in America, Rosa Parks needs no introduction. But to us, she was born in Tuskegee, Alabama, on February the 4th, 1913. Her mother was a teacher and her father was a carpenter. When her parents divorced, she went to live with her mother in Pine Level, just outside Montgomery, the state capital. When she went to school, there were buses to take white children to school, but black children, such as herself, were expected to walk. She would later say, I'd see the bus pass every day, but to me, that was a way of life. We had no choice but to accept what was the custom. The bus was among the first ways that I realized there was a black world and a white world. At age 19, she married Raymond Parks, a barber from Montgomery who was also a member of the NAACP, or the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. With his encouragement, she finished her high school education, having dropped out of it to take care of her sick mother and grandmother. In 1943, with her husband's encouragement, she joined the NAACP, becoming the secretary of its leader, E.D. Nixon. E.D. Nixon would later become one of the chairpersons of the civil rights movement and also one of those who helped Martin Luther King gain prominence, but that's a topic for another day. Let's get back to the topic of buses now. Buses in Montgomery had been segregated according to race ever since a law was passed there all the way back in 1900. There was a colored section at the back and a white section in the front. Now, the white section was usually cleaner than the colored section. It had nicer seats, it was better kept, it had a nicer view. You know, general, uh, general uh, characteristics of segregation and apartheid. As time went on, it became common practice for bus drivers to ask black people to give up their seats when there were no seats left for white people, or when there were whites standing on the bus instead of sitting. The bus driver would usually come to the person and say, there's a white person here, either get off or go back. An obvious injustice, Parks and the other black people had been complaining for years that the situation was unfair, but nothing had been done. Let's not forget that this is Alabama in the deep south of the U.S., one of the most conservative and religious places in the entire country, and also at the time in the entire world. Rosa Parks' faithful moment came on December the 1st, 1955, when she got into a massive argument with bus driver James F. Blake. As was common at the time, Blake wanted to move the colored section of the bus back one row to accommodate more white riders. 
Actually, here's an interesting side fact. She actually knew Blake previously. This horrid little shell of a man was known to treat black people with indignity, and she argued with him before in 1943, although she got off the bus at that time and in the end waited for another one. In this case, Parks had enough and declined to give up her seat, despite the threat of arrest. She would later recall the incident and why it happened. She only had this to say about the bus ride. I got on it to go home. That's it. Parks was then arrested for a violation of the segregation law of the city. She said, I only knew that, as I was being arrested, that it was the very last time that I would ever ride in humiliation of this kind. After she was bailed from jail, she was found guilty the next day of disorderly conduct and fined $10. It might seem trivial now, but $10 was a lot in 1955, plus another $4 in court costs. A seamstress by profession, she struggled to afford this. They were purposely trying to bankrupt her if they couldn't arrest her. Meanwhile, many blacks who have heard about her case were, of course, extremely sympathetic and began to organize what would be known as the famous Montgomery Bus Boycott. It was headed by a recent new incumbent, Martin Luther King Jr., and the boycott was an unqualified success. It lasted for 381 days, and nearly 20,000 people participated consistently in this boycott. The city of Montgomery and the United States never saw anything like it, and the city of Montgomery sat there with their hands up saying, what the hell are we going to do about this? It only ended when the city repealed the segregation law. It didn't get repealed because of Parks' case. It was repealed because the Supreme Court deemed that the segregation law was unconstitutional. Either way, it was a huge success for the civil rights movement, and it gave Rosa Parks her place in the sun. The eminent Martin Luther King Jr. later reflected about Rosa Parks as a rallying cry for those who were tired of the injustices of segregation. He wrote in his memoirs, Actually, no one can understand the action of Mrs. Parks unless he realizes that eventually the cup of endurance runs over and the human personality cries out, I can take it no longer. Let's stop for a second and think about this. One simple action of refusing to get up from her seat for a white person that she doesn't know caused a revolution in the United States which brought an entire ethnic minority into the spotlight and changed the fate of the country. From a humble seamstress, she went to be one of the greatest leaders of the civil rights movement. Along with Martin Luther King, she marched on Washington. She was there when the segregation ended. Rosa Parks had won. However, while she may have won this battle, she never stopped struggling for black people's rights and the civil rights movement. We may consider her as a celebrity after bringing so much change to her community and then to her whole country, but like all great heroes, Mrs. Parks never stopped suffering. She was actually on the board of advocates for Planned Parenthood, which is a program in the United States that gives funding to abortions and unplanned pregnancies. However controversial Planned Parenthood may be, and I know people who don't like it, she was not only a champion of black people's rights, but of women's rights as well. Let's not forget the system she was dealing with. Because of her activities in the NAACP and the civil rights movement, at the time, she lost her job in Montgomery, and she received daily death threats. In the 1970s, she lost her husband and brother, two men who were bastions of strength and were pivotal in allowing her to continue her struggle. 
She gave away most of her money made from her speeches to civil rights causes, and as a result, she would be under financial strain for the rest of her life. Suffering from dementia, Rosa Parks died of natural causes at the age of 92 in her apartment in Detroit. To mark her struggle, the fronts of buses in the city of Montgomery and Detroit were reserved with black ribbons until her funeral. Rosa Parks was an everyday hero. One of those rare human beings who was born into a world of injustice and fought against it even with her humble background. At the time, the fact that she was black and she was a woman counted against her. But against all odds, she inspired a movement which would change the fate of one of the most powerful countries the world has ever seen and gave tens of millions a taste of true freedom and equality. She never stopped suffering. But because of this, she relieved the suffering of millions of others. In my opinion, her greatest legacy is that she never ever called for violence, used violent means or intimidation, and never went against the values of her country. She was a contributing member of society, and her small acts of civil disobedience only served to highlight her cause. From what I can see from today's protesters, they have a hell of a lot to learn. The debate about discrimination between blacks and whites today is still ongoing, and rightly so. But none can deny the work that this humble hero put in to create a society that is free and fair for all who live in it. And for that, she deserves to be a woman of the world. Well, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of the Historian Weekly Podcast had come to an end. Thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for listening and for wanting to make history in order to improve ourselves as a human species. This episode may be over, but the conversation continues on the Facebook page of Historian Weekly, on Twitter at Historian Weekly, or on Instagram at Historian Weekly again. Thank you very much once again for listening, and have a good week, everybody.